0: Episode 139 of the Bevan James Hour Show, the hardest question to confront. Welcome along to episode 139 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on all the behaviours that create a lifetime love life of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. I've got to say it's, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty miserable day here in Christchurch today. Uh, storm, everything's going crazy here weather-wise but it doesn't matter because wherever you are in the world hopefully it's a bit better than what it's like here in Christchurch today. I've got a, I've got a an interesting show today, actually. I, I have a question that I haven't thought about in life for a long time, but it's a lot. Of, it's a question I thought a lot about in my life, probably more 10-15 years ago, um, and a question that was quite hard for me to confront at that time in my life. Um, and it was interesting. I was out. We had a function for our runners on Saturday night, and I was talking to a, one one of the people there, and I kind of chucked this question at them, and you could see as soon as I chucked this question at them. It was a little bit confronting for them, Um, in a good way, in a really healthy way. You know, you could see them kind of mull over that question. And so I wanted to kind of do a a show based around this. And I'm not going to give it to you now, because I'll give it to you once we get into the main gist of today's show. But I just, it's, um, be ready to be confronted, is probably what I'm going to say about the main part of today's show. Uh, Before I get into that, I want to talk about another subject, which has been kind of something i found quite interesting lately. So I was having... A coffee with a friend of mine a few weeks ago and they work for a big organization Um, whatever country you're in think of one of the biggest organizations in your country and and we're thinking big business we're thinking big business um, lots of staff um, you know household kind of brand you know that kind of level of company And one of the things that's really interesting about those types of companies is is there's this kind of, because there's often a change in management, change in philosophies and stuff like that, there's there's often also a change in, one of the things that they live under in these worlds is this kind of threat around their job. And what do I mean by that? Well, Well, ultimately, they're often in big companies, restructuring is a part of your experience and and often quite a lot throughout the time you're there so if you work in a big company like one that you've probably identified in your mind and you've been there for 20 years for a lot of these big companies you've probably been through anywhere from you know five to ten restructures in that time and one of the and restructures what's that was obviously driven by cost cost savings to make things more efficient and ultimately to reduce staffing levels um, and what often happens around restructuring is that they reduce numbers of staffs but they also kind of put the workload on the ones who remain but it's just I was talking to my friend about this I was just talking about how being in that environment must be really suck and it kind of takes me back to the interview that I did for Johan Harry around depression and he said one of the nine causes of depression is the fear of an unsecure future or the uncertainty of an unsecure future so I don't necessarily know if I'm safe tomorrow can often lead to depression and you think of these organizations like the ones that you've kind of identified in your head and you think of these big organizations who do restructure a lot even if you've been there for a long time, there, there's that underlying kind of fear of, is my future safe in this job? Because I imagine if you've been through, let's say you've been through eight restructures in the time you've been in the business, while you've managed to survive eight of them, some good people who are with you along the way have been let go of in that time. And so we were just talking about this whole idea of the threat of that world, if you get what I mean, the threat of that world. Um, and... Then we started talking about one thing that that's happening for the member's job right now. And one of the things that's happening in their job right now is they're getting every staff member to do some kind of personality test. Now, big businesses will do this a lot. They'll do personality tests to try to figure out where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses and where your roles are and all the rest of it. And, uh, and the way they sell it to their staffs is that we can make sure you're more efficient. You can be doing the thing that is better for your business, you know, all these types of things. And intellectually, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If, if I can get a a test done, that's going to give me a clearer understanding of your strengths, your weaknesses, your likes, your dislikes. They're gonna, I can kind of help guide you towards a place where you are doing more effective work in your career and for the business that I run and um, it's going to have a bigger impact on everything and it's kind of what we're all about. And this makes sense, but one of the problems when you live in a world, in an organisation like this? So if we go back to that restructuring thing is ultimately when a company creates an insecure future, what the company ultimately does is you learn to not trust the company. You learn to not trust the company. So it was interesting as I was talking to my friend about this testing that they're having to go through right now, they were saying that they ultimately don't really trust the company enough to reveal the real them. They don't trust the company enough to reveal the real them. So when they go into something like a personality test that has been sold as to make you know everyone more efficient and make it work better for you... This person basically has this underlying distrust of this company because I've seen a history of we are just trying to get rid of people. Now obviously every company needs people when there's a certain level, but you know, this their behavior of always restructuring has ultimately built this fundamental distrust of them from their staff. And so then they come along to have this kind of personality test done. And the person I was talking to was saying, well, probably not give the real answers i'm probably not going to give 100 true around areas where i might be you know might not like something so much or see my personal weaknesses Um, i'm not going to give that to them because i don't trust them with the answers so what i'll probably end up doing is i'm going to give the answers i think they want to hear and it's a really important thing to think about. So, a that the, the behaviour of this company over a long period of time has created a distrust from their staff members, and trying to develop their staff members and create greater understanding of them. Because the staff members distrust the company, then what's happening is when they try to get honest feedback and honest assessment from people, basically their people have learned that they need to lie to them because of the distrust that the company has installed in them. Now, this is a big problem when you think about development, isn't it? Because what the company is going to get back from this person doing this, this personality test or whatever test it is, is they're not actually going to get an honest representation of what this person really goes through, are they? And then what's going to happen is, based on the feedback they get through this in testing, is they're going to give them a development pathway based on that feedback, which is kind of not real, because they're protecting themselves from a distrusting company. And so the development pathway is kind of a waste of time. Now you think of these big companies, you think of, again, that big company in your country whose household name employs thousands, always restructuring. Imagine if this—you know, they're getting every staff member to do what this person I was talking to is doing, doing a personality test, strengths, weaknesses, and develop, develop a plan from there. If they got every staff member to do that, there's, there's two things to think about. What's the cost? Now, that's a massive cost. If you get a professional firm who knows how to do, you know, all this kind of development, that's a massive cost. So that's that's an interesting thing, you know. What's the cost of spending on that? But secondly, and probably more importantly, what's the value of it when they're ultimately gonna lie to you? Like what's the value of doing something like this when you teach your teacher will that I can't I can't trust you, so I'm going to protect myself by being dishonest about what really my experience is, and so the way you're going to try to develop me after that moment is kind of pointless, because it may not necessarily be the areas that I need to develop myself in, and I know this isn't a business podcast, I know my podcast is more about health and fitness and stuff, but it, it fundamentally talks to something that's really, really important in all areas of life, and is this idea of trust. You know, one thing I really fundamentally believe in life is that the more real we can be with our world, the healthier we will be as people. You know, and I imagine as you listen to this right now, you can identify people in your life who you really trust. You know, people that you 100% could tell everything to. And then I also imagine there's people in your life who maybe you distrust. Maybe deep down, you know to protect yourself from this person. And that's probably based on evidence. You know, they've let you down in the past, or maybe you've told them something they've told other people, or you've just seen how they act around other people. A good, a good example of that is the gossip, isn't it? The one reason you don't want to be a gossip is because other people learn, I can't tell this person anything, because if they're speaking about this about someone else, what will they say about me? So when you think about the people you distrust in your world, what experience of you do you give to that person? And ultimately, what we want to have is a world where we can be free. And so, there's kind of two levels here. There's the first level is um, how do you be the trusting person in other people's lives? You know, how do you actually be that person who, you know, I, I said before, I'm sure you've got that one friend or those people in your life who you feel you can be 100 pure with. And uh, is a lot of that's based on trust. And it's such an important part of it because when you trust someone, you open up in ways that is healthy for you and them and the connection of the two. And then um, how do you move away from those who aren't worth trusting? Because ultimately in life, the more of those relationships that we have, where we are totally free to be ourselves and we don't have to protect ourselves and we don't have to hold back on vulnerability or insecurity or all those types of things, the healthier it is to be in our life. And it's really interesting, actually. You know, One of the things I've learned through working with my one-on-one clients is the more they trust the world, the easier it is to be healthy with them. I actually think of one client in particular recently, and this client was telling me how for the longest time, they didn't want to expose struggles that were they were going through because fear of rejection, fear of um, a change in, in perception about that person—you know—all those kind of little insecurities that would hold you back from being open. And in their last moment of their journey, they've learned to open up and and trust their world and trust people around them. with these kind of things that they struggle with and what they said's been really fascinating is their world has responded in amazing ways and it's been really powerful for them because I've learned actually I don't need to hold back on the things that I struggled with I don't need to hold back on that if I can go to the right people at the right time and trust those people actually they respond in ways that helps me through this in a really powerful way. It helps me build a deeper connection with somebody else in my world and and also probably means that when they need help, they know they can come to me because we have a higher level relationship. And to me, that's what trust is all about. You know, we, we talk about connection, we talk about good friendships and stuff like that. Well, the key, to, the key foundation on all of that is trust. And if we go back to the organisational aspect, you know, now I know it's it's maybe challenging for big organisations like those big ones in each country um, because, you know, they've got shareholders they're trying to make profit for. But to me, a company like that, their first job is how do you build trust with your staff you know, how do you, how do you build that? And, and in a world where you do have a moving target, and I, I, I haven't put too much thought into this, so I don't have many answers, but I think it's a really good question. I think instead of getting people to do a personality test where they're just going to lie to you so you give them a bad development pathway, instead of that, maybe you're better off to go to them and go, look, what do we need to do to build better trust with you so that you know that we actually do want to back you in your development pathway? And then once they gain their understanding, they need to act upon that and then from there, over time, they'll build that trust and they'll get truer communication, real communication, which then can help people develop the people because it will be real based on their knowledge. So, yeah, just, I don't know, that's totally random. It's not really a Bevan James i Show kind of topic, but there might be something in there for you. And, And as business owners, I know a lot of people who do this own business, uh, maybe this is something you think about in your business. Do do your staff trust you? Do you, do they think the intentions that you are making or around your decisions are based on things that they can trust? It's it's a, it's an interesting question to explore. Actually, one other subject I want to talk about before the main gist of today's show. Um, we had a runner, a couple runners actually in our group. Um, lovely, lovely couple called Nathan and Liz. Um, lovely people. Just lovely, lovely people. And, um, about a month ago, their house burnt down. And, to the point where all they had was the clothes on their back. And it was one of those kind of big what-ifs, you know, like, if it had been an hour earlier, it could have been pretty bloody horrible. And, uh, sorry, I dropped my pen. Um, so their house burnt down, and they walk out of the house pretty much with kind of nothing, really. Can you imagine it? It's hard to comprehend, isn't it? Like, like losing everything, at least on a material way, like think of your house right now, think of everything that's in your house, and then tomorrow that's all gone, and uh this happened about, oh, probably a month ago, and I hadn't actually seen them since then, and uh, we had a half marathon for our runners on the weekend, it was a pretty special day, and they came along and supported some of the other runners, which is always pretty cool, and, um, and I just get each other. I didn't get much of time to talk to them, but I just kind of yarn to I said, oh, "Well, what, what, what's been some of the the valuable things that you've learned from this experience?" And and they both said, "It makes you realise what's not important. It makes you realise what's not important. But it also makes you realise how important people are. It really makes you realise how important people are, and how amazing people are. Like they're just telling stories of how." their world just stepped up, you know, everyone in their world saw they were in a time of need and um, just just loved on them, you know, through giving, through being there, through, um, they're, they're also about to have a baby, you know, giving lots of baby clothes and stuff like that, so um, it was just one of those, you know, one of those things we know but maybe we don't really do enough of ourselves, and actually it's going to kind of lead into what I'm going to talk about in today's main part of the show today, so uh, just a really nice thing to think about, you know, what's really important, and obviously they would not want to have gone through losing their house, but at the same time, um, there's a really good life lesson in there for that, so so just to recap the main parts of the, the first part of the show, <laughs> the, my, the Bev Goss I'll call it, um, if you want to develop people, you have to have trust first, and if you don't have trust, what they're going to show you is not a real version of you of them. So then what you create for them is kind of pointless. In all relationships, the better trust we have, the better we can build deeper, more real and connecting relationships. And our job is to either be that person for somebody else or look for those people in our lives. And then if we see people who aren't that, it's kind of move away from them. And in many ways, in those big organisations, that's some of the things they need to think about. And then secondly, sometimes you need to go through something horrible to learn a pretty powerful life lesson. And uh, the life lesson of people are pretty great. And people is actually one of the most important things in your life. Actually, it reminds me, I did an interview for a podcast oh, Probably a couple of years ago now And I can't remember the, the name of the podcast But the theme of the podcast is What you need to learn in your 20s And it was basically by this young guy He was quite an ambitious soul I can't remember his name It was, it was But he was, you know, quite a business ambitious soul And in the podcast Um you Because know, I'm 40 and so it's kind of like he saw me as someone who's on the same path as him and what are some of the lessons that I can learn. And at the end of it, he said, what's the one lesson you'd give to somebody who's 20? And I, and I kind of said, don't neglect your friendships, especially for ambitious people because his audience was obviously kids in their 20s who were very ambitious. And you could see, and I was doing this on Skype with him, you could see as soon as I said that, I'd had a note. You could see that he was a very ambitious, in many ways very successful as a young man. But you could see that it had come in a massive compromise to his relationships. And, um, you know, that's something, the the older I get, the more I realise that the relationships in my life are the thing that I always always should defend the most. And uh, if you know you're not, well... Maybe it's something you need to think about. And actually, as I'm just about to get into the main gist of today's show, this is actually a little bit on topic for today's show because I'm going to be talking a little bit about relationship stuff. So uh, before I get into that, I do want to kind of mention um, a few patrons of the show. So if you want to be a patron of the Bevan James Isles show, it's all very simple. You just go to com, and then when you get to that website, you'll just see a little Patreon link and you go on there and you donate as little or as much as you want um, as you, uh, every, every time I release a show, so each time I release a show, whatever you donate just goes to the coffers of what I do, and it really, really just supports me a lot in what I do, and I just wanted to give a bit of love to a few of the patrons, also when you join or become a patron, I give you a Bevan James, I'll show you a nickname, and here are a few of them, um, I've got Libby in Hilda, Libby is one of my runners, she's a bloody champion person, I, I love Libby because she's just a real supporter of people, um, a real social soul, and just loves kind of getting people involved, so it's really cool, we've got Rebecca Bullseye Spears, we've got I've got The Marvelous here, and I don't know whose first name that is, so if you know your name is The Marvelous, let me know, we've got Bernadette Soul Caliber Parry, we've got Mac Forrest Warhol Ackhurst, we've got Holly the Go-Getter um, Woodhouse, now Holly recently, I can't remember what she was doing, but she was doing, she's an adventure bunny man, and she was doing something, something like, I can't even remember what it was, but it literally was so adventurous, it actually made it onto the news, like our national news, so it was pretty cool. We've got Sue, the only way up is Chisel, and we've got Denise Abfabdana, so if you want to become a patron of the show, just go to com, and it's all very clear on my website. Anyway, I'm getting into the main gist of the show right now. It's amazing how how powerful questions can be in your life. Like it really is, isn't it? Like um, I actually had a funny experience the other day. I was at at the gym and we've got this young reception girl who's this really lovely, bubbly, um, fun, you know, young reception girl at the gym. And uh, you kind of walk in and she she kind of lights up a room. and, and, And I think a reception, that's kind of one of the biggest roles of a reception person, isn't it? It's that kind of as you walk in the room, They're happy that you're here And she has this ability to do this for pretty much all the members who come into the gym And the other day I taught a class and I think I was coming down from my class afterwards And I walked in and I could just see that she was not in a happy place And uh, there was just some staffing problems that was on her mind But you you could kind of see that she wasn't the version of herself that we're all so used to seeing and I kind of went to that place of reflective listening to kind of help her process stuff. And, and then I kind of just said, oh, can I give you some advice? And I started giving her some advice on the situation. After I felt I'd done some good listening, so she knew I knew her situation. And as I walked away from it, it was kind of like, she didn't really need my advice. You know what I mean? Like a, in that moment, she probably needed some emotional support. And ultimately, if I was trying to guide her in any way, I probably just should have asked her some questions. And why is that? Well, I gave her some advice and she might have taken a little bit on board. But the biggest change comes when people ask us questions because we kind of have to find our own answers. And maybe with the advice that I wanted to give her, maybe I could have used questions to help navigate her to a place where she would have found the answers and maybe not even the answers that I thought were the solutions just the answers that would help her through the situation and it was just one of those moments where as I walked back to my car afterwards I thought oh, okay well how would I do this better next time because I kind of love this kind of communication thing that we do but that's what questions have the powerful power to do don't they like you know like right now if I just were to throw some I'm just going to pick some random questions out of the air and I'm going to throw them at you right now uh, here's here's a question um, How happy are you, are you in your life right now And if you could change one thing To make you happier What would that be How happy are you in your life right now And if you could make, change one thing To make you happier What would that be Here's hmm. another question um, What is the one behaviour That would have the biggest impact on your life If you could consistently stay in that behaviour What is the one behavior that would have the biggest impact on your life if you could consistently stay in that behavior? I'll throw one, I'm just kind of pulling these questions out of of random, but uh, what's another one? Um, What do you think people say about you when you are not around and what would you want to hear people say about you when you are not around? Now I'm I'm not quite sure of your experience right now because obviously I'm just talking to my microphone in my office here right now. But um, I'm sure those three questions I can't even remember them. What was the first one? I can't remember what the questions were. I'm going to pause. I'm going to come back. I can't even remember my questions. That's how sharp I am. I'm going to pause. I'm going to come back. I did have to pause, and the questions obviously you just heard them. So you're saying, come on, if you do, you really need to repeat them. But one was the what's the one? How happy are you? And what's the one thing you could change? The second one was this kind of idea of. Um what's the one behavior that would make the biggest difference that if you consistently said in it, and then lastly, that kind of perception of how the world sees you now you can see by me just throwing those questions out at you just there and then they make you think don't they? Like they really do make you think, even I just kind of thinking you know like um what's you know like I think I'm pretty happy, but what would what would make me happier? Well, uh, maybe a bit more creativity in my life um I work maybe a little bit too much at times, so maybe working a little bit less. Um, what would be my one behavior? Oh, it's a, you know, like these are, these are good chunky questions to really think about, aren't they? And as I kind of just throw these random questions at you, you can kind of see there's real power in great questioning. And, you know, if, if we go back to my analogy with the person at reception, you know, I could have had a lot more, I could have been a lot more supportive and helpful to her if I just used some really good questions um, and helped her find her answers not necessarily just put my context upon it um, so just interesting you know just kind of I suppose right now have I sold the power of questions I hope I have well there's one question that I find really really fascinating in life and it's a question that meant that I had to confront a lot When I was a little bit younger And it's probably one that I don't have to confront so much nowadays Because I've worked on this area But I'm going to throw it at you Here's the question Who gets the worst version of you? Who gets the worst version of you? It's an interesting question to think about that one, isn't it? Who gets the worst version of you? I was talking earlier in the show about how it a function I was at the other night. I said it to one, one guy I was talking to, and you could see as soon as I said it, there was a bit of a shock moment inside his mind because obviously the person he identified was maybe someone who was really important to him. And this is often the answer, isn't it? When we think about who gets the worst version of you, it's often the person who's meant to get the best version of us. It might be your partner, it might be a friend, it might be your kids and, and, and I'm going to be honest, when I was younger, it was my daughter who got the worst version of me And not because she was a kid and kids are hard work at times It was because I was a bit selfish in my life I was trying to be an athlete, I was putting too much energy elsewhere That My daughter kind of always got the tired version of me I don't think I was a totally horrible parent all the time, but Um, generally speaking she was kind of you know of all the versions of me out there in the world unfortunately my daughter was getting the worst version of me and when I when I realized this it really made me realize I need to make some massive shifts in my life and and one thing that happened and this is actually reflective of the conversation I was having the other night someone who was in the conversation with us um, as I threw that question out who gets the worst version of you they kind of said yeah but often they get the best version And, and 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 I didn't mean to be difficult, but I kind of just put it there, and I said, well, do they? Do they get the best version of you? Because there's a, there's a lot of relationships out there, and I'm not just meaning you know, your partner or, or if you're in a loving relationship or you because know, a lot of people are single, but there's a lot of relationship, and relationship just means connection between two people, where maybe there's just not that much great stuff. Now, and there are ones who, where there are, you know, who do get the worst version of you. But maybe the good and the worst isn't an even balance. And maybe there is no good. So if we go back to that question of who gets the worst version of you, who are you identifying in your life right now? As I sat down to do the prep for today's show, I basically wrote a one, two, three, four, about eight questions. Um, so I'm just going to throw these questions, and, and today I'm not going to necessarily try to give you that many answers, I'm just going to kind of just throw some questions at you. So the first question, number one, is who gets the worst version of yourself, of you? Uh, the second question I'm going to throw at you is, why do they get the worst version of you? Why do they get the worst version of you? So for me, when going back to my daughter when she was younger and, you know, when I was, when she was just kind of getting the tired version of me, the reason why was because I kind of chose a sport that was very selfish in time and energy. So the version she would get with me was often a really tired version of me. And the tired version of me, you know, so that's probably the why. You know, I I was going to go somewhere else there, but I'll stop there. So as you think about yourself right now, the person who gets the worst version of you, why do they get the worst version of you? Then the next question is, Is what is their experience of you? You know, what is their experience of you? So we've, we've looked at who is it, why is it, and what is their experience of you? And so um, with my daughter, if I just go back to this daughter experience, um, she probably got a, a, a tired, sometimes maybe a little bit grumpy, um, sometimes look for the easy option as a parent So don't engage as much as maybe I could have at times Um, because maybe I was too tired So I'd, you know, maybe say, oh, let's watch a movie Instead of going outside and playing outside Those types of things, you know, like So that was kind of her experience of me Like it's always really interesting to, to reflect upon ourselves From a different perspective, isn't it? And, um, what is that person's experience of you? What is that person's experience of you? So that's kind of the third question I want you to think about here. Uh, maybe, maybe the fourth question, and I'm kind of just throwing these, again, I told you the power of questions today, didn't I? So you uh, be really, or continue to be confronted by this. Um, is this person important to you? Is this person important to you? Hmm. Maybe they're not. Like, it's okay to have some people in your life. I, I, there's somebody in my life, I, I'm the kind of guy who likes everyone, I'm quite lucky, but there's, there's a couple of people in my life I don't have much time for, and there's one person in my life who um, I struggle with, I'm not going to deny it, um, and it's you know, like, and, and I don't give them much time. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm going to be honest, they probably don't the, 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 right now they probably get the worst version of me, and, and actually that's okay because I'm, I'd rather put my time and energy elsewhere. Uh, but is this person important to you? Now, if the answer is yes, well, then some of this line of questioning probably makes you think about some changes that need to happen. Um, what would you want this relationship to be with? Or, or maybe, maybe this is the way of putting it. Um, what would you? What version of you would you ultimately want this person to have of you? What version of you would you ultimately want this person to have of you? So again, as as I think back to my own experience that I'm kind of sharing here with my daughter, well, the experience that I had at that time was, you know, tired, um, maybe sometimes grumpy, maybe sometimes looks for the easier way out. That was the experience I had. Well, what did I want? Well, I wanted her to feel that she was important to me, that I was willing to do anything for her. Um, I also wanted her to know that I was the parent, you know, like for me being the adult and being the parent was really important. So, So boundaries you know because sometimes as a parent when you're tired sometimes you let your own boundaries slip with your kids because it's just easier for you and let's be honest all parents do that and you know parenting's hard so I'm not judging anyone for this but I you know like I will to have the ability to stick to my boundaries because I think boundaries are really important for kids um you know I'd I'd want her to be to think of you know for time with dad to be a happy time or maybe not happy because I think happy is just such a a simple answer But I think You know that, that time with dad Adds value to her experience in life You know These types of That's that's what I would want My daughter to experience with me So if we think back Of the person you've identified What experience of you Would you want them to Ultimately have with you Like if it's your partner You know Your lover Or Your best friend Or You know Whoever it is What would you want their experience to be with you? What needs to change in your life to be able to create that experience? What needs to change in your life to be able to create that experience? Now, ultimately, what needed to change in my life is I had to to kind of give up my sport. I had to, to give up a sport that I loved. I also had got to the end of my sporting career, so it was kind of, in many ways, it was kind of easy. But for me to be a better parent for my daughter, I needed to give up something that was quite a big thing to me. Now sometimes the things you need to give up in your life are actually quite easy. You know, the the unhealthy things for you that maybe you know, you know, I think of the person who drinks too much and goes to the pub every night and doesn't spend time with their parents or their partner, sorry, their kids or their partner, you know, they don't never spend much quality time with their partner, so their partner gets, you know, that... Bad time with them when you're hungover or or drunk or whatever You know, I think of that person And and you know that maybe drinking is your problem So pulling back on a bit of drinking So you can be a better version of yourself for your wife Or your partner or your children That seems like a good thing for you Sometimes it's not Sometimes it is that thing you get a lot of value from I think of the person who's a real career-driven person And works too hard and, and neglects, you know, friendship You know, And uh, works too hard And they neglect the friendship And so maybe they have to give up A little bit of work To have great friendship So what needs to change about your life To be the version of you That you want to be for that person Maybe the next question is Obviously I'm just throwing lots of questions At you right now And I can't even do a recap Because they're just coming out my butt I'm going to be honest I'm just kind of throwing them at you Um, How do you make that change how do you make that change? How do you make that change? That's that's the big one really, isn't it? Because often most of us know that we need to change. So how that we need to do that. Um, another question is, what skills do I need to develop in myself for this? I'm um, just going kind to of think around the whole idea of... So... Someone I was talking to about a similar subject actually, they were kind of saying how when life gets a bit tough, they push their world away, and so you know their partner, for example, when life gets tough, this person pushes their world away, so their their partner gets the worst version of them, and it's partly because this person doesn't really know how to express when life gets tough; they haven't learned how to process through this time, and because they haven't learned how to process through this time. Um, it, it ultimately creates a problem and their partner gets the worst version of them. So as in think about the skills that this person needs to develop, well, they need to develop healthy ways to deal with the tough times in their life. That opens them up to building connection and vulnerability, going back to what I talked about in the first part of the show, and then build trust with their partner in this time. You know, it's these types of things that are skills that could be developed. Uh, last question I'm going to throw at you. What would it be what would be life be like if I'd nailed this area? What would my life be like if I'd nailed this area if the person who gets the worst vision of me and I want to actually get a better version of me, if I'd done the work to the questions I've thrown at you right now, what would my life be like now obviously I've thrown I can't remember what questions I've thrown, and I'm not going to go back and recap because I've talked for way too long, but um, obviously I've thrown a lot of hard questions at you right now, haven't I? And and I kind of think this is one of those podcasts that you probably need to listen to a few times, and you might want to jot down some notes around what are those questions, because if, like the person I was talking to at the function the other night, when I asked that question of who gets the worst version of you, if I asked it, if you were confronted by that, and it was a, a real light bulb moment for you, and I've got to be honest, I think that's what I saw in this person's face the other night. And I know when I thought of that question around my daughter, I realised I needed to make some pretty big shifts in my life. Um, if, if you experienced that as you heard that today, well, this is obviously an area to work on in your life. And it's funny, I, today's show in some ways has themes, doesn't it? But it all comes back to relationship, doesn't it? The first one was about trust. The second one was about how important people are. And, you know, think of those two people whose house burnt down. Well, the people in your life are so important. And, you know, one thing that age has taught me is the, the better relationships I have, the better my life will be. And I'm pretty sure if you speak to most old people who have lived a good life and seem healthy, and I mean mind and, and soul, have probably nurtured relationships in really powerful ways. And those who maybe are a little bit on the other side of that coin maybe haven't done that so much. And so the value of relationships are a really important thing. And it would be horrible to think that those who are meant to be the most closest to you in your life ultimately just get the worst version of you. And we can also flip that on its head. What would your life be like if they got the best version of you? Like, what would it be like if you had amazing connection with your lover with your best friend with your children like thats it's a pretty obvious answer isn't it so to wrap it up think about these questions you know the power of the question is a powerful thing and it's powerful if we're willing to, to to look in the mirror around the question and then to use that as a guiding light to actually help us do the work because none of this is going to make a difference if you don't do the work and that's what this is all about. So if this has been a bit of a light bulb moment for you today, I really, really challenge you to go back to the start and listen to it again, write down those questions and work through those questions because if you can build a life where those people who are actually important to you in your life experience a greater version of you, I can guarantee your life's going to be better. And and if I go back to how I always wrap up this segment – you're going to be a better version of yourself. You really are. yeah that's the main gist of today's show. Hopefully uh, you've had a chance to breathe <laughs> after the event. Uh, that, that was very confrontational, I'm not going to deny it, and it was kind of meant to be. Um, and like I said at the end there, you've got to do the work do the work. You really have to do the work. Um, one thing I will say is one thing I've been working on a little bit within myself recently um, is the the doing of the work. Uh, I imagine if you listen to this podcast, you listen to many other podcasts, you might be, might be like myself where you listen to audiobooks or you read books. You're, you're probably someone who's always searching for a bit of learning and a bit of growth. Um, And I know I spend a lot of time on that aspect of my life, I spend a lot of time finding good content, and a lot of time growing myself, Um, or at least I think I grow myself, but then I don't spend enough time on the application, and one thing, and this is one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, and so like with my business, like I often read business books, and I think, oh that's a really cool idea, and and. Some of the things I learn will will kind of subconsciously filter into what I'm doing with my business. Um, but if I gave myself real time, maybe I could have a bigger impact. And recently I read a really good book called Profit First, which I really like. I highly recommend it called Profit First for small business owners. Uh, and the same author, I can't remember his name, but he's written one called Clockwork. And both of the books I thought, wow, that's really powerful stuff. Um And... Traditionally, what I would do is I would kind of think it's really powerful stuff and I should apply that. And maybe, again, subconsciously, aspects of it would be applied over time. But what I've actually decided this time is I'm giving myself three or four hours a week to actually do the work that goes alongside it. And, you know, like six months from now, the, the benefit of that work will be pretty massive. Because if I believe in the principles that I learned in this book, which made a lot of sense to me, and I put time aside to apply the principles and then... Continuously, you know, consistently do those principles, then there's going to be big benefits for that aspect of my life. But often, for people like myself, and for many people listening to this, is that we listen to these things and we have the intention of doing the work, but we just don't do the work. And it might kind of subconsciously filter through to your life, but really, again, if you went back to that big question of who gets the worst vision and there's a light bulb moment for you, well, that's a light bulb moment, you need to do the work. You know, so. Don't just listen to today's show and go, oh, you know, I'll, I'll plan to do that next week. Like, grab your diary. This Sunday, I'm going to spend a couple hours, I'm going to listen to the show again, and I'm going to write down those questions because Bevan didn't <laughs> recap them for me, and I'm going to write them down, and I'm going to do the work. And I might work through each of those questions over time, and it might take me six weeks, but if each week I give myself two or three hours, I guarantee you that person you identified who got the worst version of yourself will be getting a better version of you in a short period of time. So my challenge to you is don't be the person who just listens to this and, you know, it's just becomes another podcast you listen to. If it was a light bulb moment for you, do the work. Really, do the work. Um, that's, that's, that's my lecture for this week. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you get a lot of the show, I really, I really Appreciate the patronage of the show um, I've got a new Actually I've got a new patron I've got to give it a nickname Oh I'm going to do it in the next show Actually I'm going to do my new patron I forgot to do the new patron So I'm going to do it in the next show So um, You know who you are I'll do my new patron on the next show. So there we go. Um, other than that, we're going to rock on. I'm going to call it a day. If you want to email me, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please spread the word about the show. Actually, one thing I did do recently is I did a pig talk. and Actually, next show I'm going to ask you to do a bit of work for me because I really want people to promote it because people seem to be loving the talk that I did. And I want to get get it out there a bit more so on the next show i'm going to ask you to do me a favor anyway um that's pretty much it for now i'll see you in a couple weeks time that's me out i hope you have a wonderful couple weeks and it's me out for this episode of the bevan james i show